Awesome. You can be seated. Awesome stuff. Well, I just want to say um, thank you for, um, you know, coming out last night and also for um, Monday night. Monday night was uh, the Wald Lake tree lighting and uh, we were able uh, to, um, you know, pr- I was able to pray uh, for, uh, for, the, for the night. I was also, we were also able to, as a church, um, you know, pass out some information um, and, and give some Christmas trees away. And so we uh, gave away over 30 uh, Christmas trees. Yeah, that's amazing. Absolutely. So um, just, just being a blessing. And then even the trees that we had uh, left over um, just throughout the week, people were coming throughout the week and, and grabbing a tree. And uh, so even if they weren't there on Monday night, um, the word got out. And in the uh, Wald Lake, the, the community, uh, city of Wald Lake, um, on their Facebook page posted, I don't know if anybody saw this or not, but they posted a thank you to us and, and how they were um, just grateful that we're in our, in our community. Isn't that cool? That's why it's, it's part, of our, part of our mission, right? We exist for God, uh, for each other, for the community, and for the world. That's why we exist. And so uh, last night was um, just your uh, contribution, your giving to Kia Hope, one of our uh, global missions um, organizations that we support. And um, you, you just, just saw what they do. And if you were here, you saw what they do. Um, and it's pretty, pretty incredible. There was about 25 kids here, which represent about hundreds of kids, hundreds and hundreds of kids there in Durban, South Africa, and so um, your your giving uh, is contribute to that, and and a testimony to what they're able to do, and and your generosity last night. Thank you for your generosity last night uh, as well. You can still give to that um, if if you uh, if you would like. If you didn't make it, couldn't make it for some reason, uh, but still want to to give to that, you can still uh, give to that. And so um, we'll have um, some information at the welcome desk if you're wanting to know how to give to that. Oh, there you go. Perfect, guys. Way to go. So that's the way that you, those are different ways that you can, uh, that you can give to that uh, ministry if you still would like uh, to do that. So um, anyways, I wanted to mention those things to you. All right, so we're in a uh, series called Put a Bow on It, and I wanted to kind of show some some of the uh, things that some of our people did this week, and um, there's um, Melinda's and uh, and she put a bow on her daughter Olivia, and her, uh, Olivia Hope is her middle name, and uh, and so she put a bow on her daughter Olivia just to say that the, the, the she was hoping for um, just this amazing, amazing, incredible uh, girl, and uh, so she put a bow and took a picture of her of her daughter Olivia um, there, and then um, there's Connor, there's our guy Connor and Sherry. White uh, was, they were praying uh, for a child, Sherry and Don White were praying for a child, and so they adopted uh, Connor, and, and there's Connor with a bow on it, right? It's kind of cool, and then um, I think we have one more. There's Rich and Bobby Joe, and, um, and uh, she just talked about how our pastor challenged us to post a pick, pick of something or someone we have hope for and recognize as a gift, um, and so she put a bow on that relationship between her and her and Rich, and they're just incredible, incredible people. And so that's that was. Uh, thank you for doing that. We want to continue, you to continue to do that. We want more and more people to do that. Uh, put a put a bow on it, and it's recognizing. It's recognizing the things in your life, something or someone that you see as a gift, and and really that should be a lot of things. And it's easy to see sort of things in our life as not gifts. 
uh, as nuisances or, you know, stresses or anxieties or whatever, you know, that, that they, these things that sometimes upset us, you know, it's, it's easy to focus our mind and our heart on that and not to focus on the fact that God has put things, people in our life as a recognition of the gift that God has given to each one of us. And so we want you to do that. And so this, this um, week, I want you to put a bow on something that gives you peace. Put a bow on something that gives you peace. And, um, and so that's your challenge for this week. So last week was put a bow on something that gives you hope. This week is some, put a bow on something that gives you peace. And so today I want to just talk about the gift of Jesus is the gift of hope, the gift of Jesus is a gift of peace. That's the gift of Jesus. And so we want to, there are some things, that, the way that we could package ourselves. And so if, if, if you're looking at this gift, okay, and this is, this is what you and I should look like, right? It's, isn't it better to give a gift when it's packaged like this? Isn't it better? I mean, the gift is what's the most important thing, but isn't it better to ha- receive a gift when it looks like this? Come on, you can participate. Yes, of course it is. It's better than just like a box or something like a brown box. You're like, oh, thanks for really caring. Okay, well, thanks for, you know, even though the gift is great, you know, like you didn't really put a lot. This is what I want us to kind of focus in on over these next few weeks and this Christmas season, that there's ways that we can package hope. Now, is hope an incredible gift to have? Absolutely. Is peace an incredible gift to have? Absolutely. Jesus is the gift of that. So how do we package ourselves in that way? How do we package that gift of Jesus as our hope? How do we package that gift as Jesus as our peace? What does that look like? Well, last week we said, you know, that um, Elizabeth and, and um, Zacharias, they were walked blamelessly. They were righteous in the sight of God. Isn't that a good way? I mean, even though their circumstances were not all that great, right? They were, uh, excuse me, Zacharias was old and Elizabeth was advanced in years. And so, <laughs> you know, do you love the Bible? And so Zacharias is like, they're going to write this down sometime. I better be careful about what I say about my wife. You know, so he, they, were, they were both advanced in years and, and yet they had hope. They had hope. You know, they prayed for a child and, you know, probably in their 20s and 30s and 40s and 50s and 60s, and there was, didn't, it seemed hopeless. They were, according to, you know, the description of Abraham and Sarah, they were in hope, but yet against hope, which means things looked hopeless. So how do we respond? How do we respond when we're in hope, but yet we're against hope, when hope seems against us, where it seems hopeless? Well, we should respond the way that Zacharias and Elizabeth lived. They were righteous in the sight of God, and they walked blamelessly, which means no one could find any fault in them. And as a result of that, they had a child by the name of John the Baptist. And John the Baptist's mission was he was the forerunner of Jesus. And he went and he turned people back to God. Boy, what a way to package that gift of hope, right? Do you see it? Are you seeing it? I want you to package the gift of peace. Well, what does that look like as we package the gift of peace? That we're giving Jesus is our peace, but how do we package that? Well, 
Isaiah starts it out with for us, and he tells us about who Jesus is as our gift of peace. He describes a lot of different things. He says, for a child will be born unto us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders, which is, that's going to happen in the second coming, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. It's called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, and he is the Prince of Peace. He's the Prince of Peace. Verse 7 says this. And there will be no end to the increase of his government or of his peace. Again, that is that time is is coming. That time is coming nearer. Okay, if you're paying attention to the news this week, that time is coming up. That 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 is happening. That is those things are unfolding before our very eyes. And so he says, I'm going you to understand that the government of or of peace on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness. For from then on and forever. And the zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. So we know that Jesus is our gift of peace. He's described as our prince of peace. When an angel came and gave the announcement, here's what the angel says. He said this, the angel said, the glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among men whom he is pleased or in other versions, it says, whom his favor rests. He says, the glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among men with whom he is pleased or among whom his favor rests. And I love how the package of the gift of peace is given to us. I love that it's given to us by an angel. Isn't that amazing? I mean, God chose an angel, the gloriousness of an angel. I mean, we remember last week we looked at where the angel Gabriel showed up to Zacharias and what it was immediately Zacharias' response? He was afraid. He was afraid. And then the common, you know, phrase that angel will give is, do not be afraid. Why? Because angels were so fearful. They were so glorious. People thought that they were seeing God. And I love how God packages this gift of peace by giving an angel to, to sort of start the, 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 you know, the declaration or the proclamation of the gift who is coming, the Prince of Peace who is coming. You know, God could have chosen anything. I mean, God has used anything. You know, God could have used a, a donkey, right? I mean, has God used donkeys before? Yeah, God allowed donkeys to speak. You know, he, he used a camel. You know, can you imagine a camel, you know, saying, walking up to these shepherds going, hey guys, what's up? These shepherds are like, I mean, no, I mean, he, he could have packaged it in any way. He could have used a lamb. He could have, you know, used anything that God would have, could have chosen. I mean, can you imagine if a lion would have walked up to these shepherds in the field? What's up, dude? Jesus is coming. His name is Jesus. He's going to be born in Bethlehem. Can you imagine that? I mean, God could have used anything, but God used, God packaged it in a way that was beautiful. God packaged it in a way that was glorious. God packaged it in a way that said, hey, I just want to give you the best, the most beautiful, glorious, fearful thing that I can give you to proclaim the gift of Jesus. And that's ultimately what God wants us to do now is that we've now taken on the role of the angel and we're now the ones who are to package ourselves in a way, in a glorious, beautiful way like 
take this gift right here and to say, hey, you know what I want to give you? I want to give you this amazing gift called the gift of peace. Because it's amazing, it's beautiful. So what does that mean? What does that look like for us then? Well, we read it in in, in the story of, of when the angel came to Mary, okay? And we're gonna look at that story and we're gonna pick it up in verse number 26. It says, now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth, verse 27, to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the descendants of David, and the virgin's name was Mary, verse 28. And coming in, he said to her, greetings, favored one, the Lord is is with you. Now let me read that again, because you gotta read the punctuation. He came in and said to her, greetings, favored one. Like, doesn't, like, there was more excitement, like the angel's like showing up and appears to Mary, and he's like, greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. And she did what you and I would all do, verse 29. And she was very perplexed at the statement and kept pondering what kind of salutation this was. Here's an angel, this glorious angel of Gabriel, shows up to Mary and says, hey, you're favored. You're favored. Verse 30, the angel said to her, do not be afraid. Why? Because that's what angels say. Because she looked scared. Mary, for you have found favor with God. Verse 31, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. The first thing that I want us to understand about what peace is and what peace that is given to us is this, that there's peace through the blood of his cross. That's the first thing I want you to understand about this gift of peace that is given to us, that there is peace through the blood of his cross. Can you go back, Gabe, to verse number 31? Luke 31, or Luke 1, verse 31. He says, And behold, you shall conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. Now, the name Jesus means Savior. That's what it means. It means Savior, that he will save his people, save people from their sins. That's why he was named Jesus. You know, it's interesting that in the, that those few verses from Luke 1, 26 to 31, he names, there's, there's a bunch of different names, right? You get an angel, Gabriel. You get a fiance, Joseph. You get, you know, a king, David. You get a virgin, Mary. You see multiple different names in those few verses, but yet the most important name that is given and the emphasis of the name that is given in the announcement of the angel is, you're gonna name him Jesus. Why are you gonna name him Jesus? Because he's gonna be the one that saves the people from their sins. It's not going to be angel Gabriel that is going to save people from their sins. It's not going to be fiance Joseph that's going to save people from their sins. It's not going to be the greatest king that Israel has ever seen named David that's going to save people from their sins. And it's certainly not going to be an amazing young girl, virgin by the name of Mary, that is going to save people from their sins. There's only one name who's going to save people from their sins, and his name is Jesus, and he brought us, Jesus brought us peace 
on, the, on his cross, which means that you and I are at peace with God. What Jesus did for us by dying on the cross for our sins, he reconciled us back to God. You and I in our sins are separated from God. You and I in our sins fall short of the glory of God. But what Jesus did is that Jesus built that bridge between sinful man and holy God so that sinful man can walk through the bridge of Jesus, walk through the, across the bridge of Jesus to a holy God. That's what Jesus has done for us. He has offered peace through his blood on his cross. Isn't that incredible peace that we can have? That's good stuff. I don't know. Maybe you're not excited about that, but I'm excited about that. That's what he's done for us. Paul says it this way. He says it in Colossians in one, uh, chapter number one and verse number 19. He says it this way. He says, for it was, it was the Father's good pleasure for all the fullness to dwell in him and through him, Jesus, to reconcile all things to himself, having made peace through the blood of his cross through him. I say whether things on earth or things in heaven, the peace was offered to all of us through the cross of Jesus Christ. And that's the kind of name that Jesus is. That's the name that he represents, that his name means Savior. And when he died for us, he made peace between us and God. That's the gospel of Jesus. That's the gospel. Not only this, but look at it says now in verse number 32. Verse Luke chapter 1 and verse 32. It says that he will be great. And when we call the son of the most high and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. So there's David's name. I think maybe we missed that in those first few verses, but there's David's name. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and his kingdom will have no end. Now, here's the way that he's describing this kind of peace. So you have this a peace that is given to us, an announcement or proclamation by the angels to say, hey, there's gonna be peace on earth to those who God's favor rests. There's gonna be peace on earth. He's known as the Prince of Peace, which means he's now been, you now get to be reconciled with God and have peace with God. But this is the kind of peace of the peace in the age to come. That means that when he comes again, there's gonna be a peace that, man, we can't even wrap our minds around or even understand right now in this day and age, in this time frame in this season of where we are in the history of God, that there's going to be a time in the age to come where there's going to be incredible peace, amazing peace. Here's the way that Isaiah describes that peace. Isaiah chapter number 11. Here's the way that he describes that peace when Jesus comes again. And the wolves will dwell with the lamb. And the leper will lie down with the young goat. And the calf and the young lion and the fatling together. And a little boy will lead them. Isn't that incredible? Also, the cow and the bear will graze. Their young will, will lie down together. And the lion will eat straw like the ox. The nursing child will play by the hole of the cobra, 
And the weaned child will put his hand, the toddler will, will put his hand on the viper's den. They will not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord and the waters cover the sea. Then in that day, then in that day, the nations will resort to the root of Jesse. You say, who's that? Jesus. That's the root of Jesse. In that day, the nations resort to the root of Jesse, who will stand as a signal for the peoples, and his resting place will be glorious. Boy, isn't that a day that we're looking forward to? Isn't that a peace that is in the age to come that is going to be absolutely incredible? I mean, I know that you're going to be disappointed that there's not going to be any more zoos. But it's just going to be so much better. You mean, we're going to be walking around with the wildest of animals, you know, the bears and the lions and the tigers. Oh my, it's going to be incredible. I practiced that. You guys, I still got it wrong, I think. Lions and the tigers and the bears. Oh my. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that's right. I didn't practice it. It just came to me. So... This is how incredible, this is the kind of peace that is to come. This is the peace that Jesus offers. Not only a peace that reconciles people back to God, but a peace in the age to come. That there's going to be a day when he comes again and the little toddlers are going to stick their hands in the viper's den. And as a parent, you're not going to go, don't do that! Stay away! No, it's going to be fine. Isn't that incredible? I look forward to that. This is the kind of peace that we need today. This is a peace uh, in the presence of Christ. That's the kind of peace that we need today. So what God has given to us now is reconciliation. We can now have peace with God through Jesus Christ. So you got to put your faith in Jesus Christ to have peace with God. There is a time when there's going to be peace, incredible amount of peace, where the animals, all sorts, types of animals are going to be coexisting together in harmony. But then there's the peace in the presence of Christ. In John 16, Jesus says it this way. He says, there, these things I have spoken to you, so that in me you may have peace. And in the world, you may have tribulations, but take courage. I have overcome the world. So here's Jesus saying, listen, you, you know how in life you have troubles? You know how in life there's difficulties? You know how in life there's, you know, stresses and worries and fears? Jesus says, I, I just want you to know that in, in those, you can still have peace. And that peace is found in his presence. That's where that peace is found. Peace that gives that Jesus gives is not the absence of trouble, but rather the confidence that he is there with you always. Peace that Jesus gives is not the absence of trouble. It's not going, God, will you take this trouble away from me? Will you take this worry away from me? God, will you take this stress away from me? God, will you take this circumstance away from me? It's not the absence of trouble. That's not what the peace that Jesus gives. It's while you're going through that, while you're going in that trouble, while you're going through that difficulty, it is understanding that you can have confidence that he is there with you. 
That the peace that you can have now in this life, yeah, do I look forward to the day where we'll be able to coexist and have perfect peace and perfect harmony with all of creation? Absolutely, I long for that day. Am I grateful for the fact that I can now have peace with a holy God, that, he can, that I'm going to stand before him and he's going to consider me holy and righteous and blameless? And it's that peace that I now have and it's only ha- I only have it through Jesus Christ? Yeah, I'm so grateful for that. But right now, in this life, in these troubled times, I, it's so amazing to know that there's a peace that Jesus gives. And it's the confidence that we can have that he is with us. It's described in Mary's story this way. It says in, in Luke chapter number one, it says this, verse... 34. Oh, that, yeah, verse 38. That's good. Verse 34. Sorry, Gabe. I'm, I'm messing them up. Go back to verse 34, please. Sorry. <laughs> Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I am a virgin? The angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And for that reason, the Holy Child should be called the Son of God. And he says, and she and says, verse 36, and behold, even your relative Elizabeth has also conceived a son in her old age. And she who was called barren is now in her sixth month. Now, just stop right there. When Mary heard this news, you need to understand the context around it. You need to understand the circumstances that surrounded that news that Mary heard. Mary heard, what her, she heard was this, and what she would have to deal with were certain things. Like, can you imagine Mary trying to explain to people in her life that the reason why she's pregnant is because the Holy Spirit overwhelmed her, overshadowed her, and that's why she's pregnant, and she's the mother of the Son of God? Doesn't that sound like that would be something that you would believe? Of course not. I mean, and, and the fact that she's a teenager. Now, I love these guys. But can you imagine, like, Carly, you coming to me and saying, Pastor Chris, the reason why I'm pregnant is because the Holy Spirit came upon me. And, you know, he says that I'm the mother of his son. I'd be like, Carly, you got problems, girl. (laughs) And poor Andrew, the boyfriend in the scenario, Carly's like, Andrew, really? It happened. And Andrew's going, you're crazy. I'm out of here. Can you imagine that? No. I mean, come on. I mean, come on. We, we've heard the Christmas story way too many times to think like, yeah, she was a you know, virgin, teenager, you know, Holy Spirit, you know, came. You know, like, like, and, and, and the rest of the world's going, really? And I, I know it's like, it's like hard to believe, but, and this is what Mary's dealing with, and this is the, the reality of what Mary's thinking about. She's like, nobody's going to believe me. And you got to think, you got to believe, you got to know, I should say, she was probably accused of lying. Like, okay, Mary, really? And Mary's knowing this, and Mary's going, really? 
I'm favored? Nobody's going to believe this. I mean, it was like she could have been accused of a lying. She could have been rejected by her family. You know why was she would, it would be you know, not unlikely that she would be rejected by her family? Because they probably arranged the marriage. Her parents probably handpicked Joseph for her. Say, we think you guys would be good together. That was not uncommon in that culture. They probably arranged the marriage. And they probably said, you know, you were, you know, out, you know, with probably some Roman soldier. They probably didn't believe her. They were probably, you know, were upset with her. They probably wanted to disown her. We don't know if they did or not. We don't have no idea. The story doesn't tell us. But it could have been. It wouldn't have been, out, it wouldn't have been unrealistic. She could have been treated with contempt around, around her peers and the people that lived in their community. I mean, Nazareth, what we know about it was it was small. And when you have a, a small amount of people, man, word travels fast, doesn't it? You know, gossip just doesn't happen around here. Ga- gossip happens everywhere. And that word probably traveled around. Did you hear Mary's pregnant? Did you hear Mary's pregnant? And she's saying it's by the Holy Spirit. <laughs> It's, you guys have heard the Christmas story too many times. It sounds ridiculous. And she's hearing this, probably accused of lying, maybe disowned by her parents. And we know this, we know this to be true. If you read Matthew's account, Joseph was ready to abandon her. Joseph, the fiance, was ready to say, you know what, I'm out of here because I don't know if I really believe your story, Mary, and boy, I really am kind of siding with your parents here when they arranged us to get married, Married, and I'm hearing all the rumors going around town, and, and Joseph, we know this, was good thing he was a righteous man, good thing he was an upright man, good thing he was a man with integrity. He wanted to just to do it quietly and leave until there was a divine intervention for Joseph. Another angel came on the scene, probably the same angel, Gabriel, came to Joseph and said, nope, this is what really happened. You need, you should stay with her if it wasn't for that Mary would have been left to herself and it's good that Joseph was willing to do it quietly because if Joseph wanted to make a stink about it you know what could have happened to Mary she could have been dragged out to the middle of the street and it would have been right for the people according to their laws to pick up stones and stone her to death. Maybe that's why she was a little perplexed that the angel said to her, hey Mary, you're favored by God. You're gonna have his child even though you're a virgin. You think Mary's going, wait a minute here. It doesn't sound like I'm all that favored. But you know what Mary's response was in verse 38? If you can skip to that, Gabe, verse 38. And Mary said, behold, the bond slave of the Lord. May it be done to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. You know what she was saying? I'm just a vessel for the Lord. And whatever the Lord wants to do with me, then so be it. 
I don't understand the circumstances. I don't understand what's the consequences or what's gonna happen to me, but I can imagine these are the things that our people are gonna say about me when I start to show in three or four months. And for Mary, you know where her peace was found? Her peace was found in the very presence of Christ. What got Mary through her, you know, hesitations and pause of going, whoa, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You know, people are going to think that I'm a liar. My, my fiance is going to walk out on me. My family's going to disown me. At the very worst, they could stone me to death. Behold, she says, I'm a bond slave of the Lord. May it be done to me according to your word. That's for us, church, the greatest package that you and I can ever give to a world. The gift of peace. For all of us in this room to say, you know what, whatever my lot is in life, whatever God gives to me, whatever God puts on me, so be it. Behold, I am a bond slave of the Lord. Let it be according to your word. Boy, isn't that packaged so beautifully and so gloriously? God, it is not my will, but it is thy will be done. I don't understand why I'm going through what I'm going through. I don't understand why you're allowing these things to happen. I don't get the circumstances surrounding this. I see what could happen as a result of it. But Lord, my peace, my peace, my inner peace. Peace is found in your presence, and that's where I'm going to stay. I'm going to stay in your presence always because that's where I can have peace. Boy, I'm looking forward to the peace to come. I'm so grateful for the peace that I have with a holy God. But right now in my life, as I'm going through stuff in my life, I need his peace. And how you get it is in his presence. That's how Mary had it. There's a couple things that come along that idea of being a bond slave that Mary understood, and this is going to hopefully help us understand what it looked like for Mary as a bond slave. Here's what um, Mary understood as being a bond slave. Here's what, here's what she understood. Look at verse uh, 37. Verse 37. For nothing will be impossible with God. So under the umbrella of the banner of bond slave, she understood that anything is possible with God. 
That's a part of being about, that's, a, that's the ability to say that, God, you are my peace. God, in your presence, you are my peace. I am your bond slave. That's, what, that's where I'm going to live. That's where I'm going to go about life. That's where, how I'm going to get through stuff that is coming towards me that I don't know how, the, you know, how it's going to end. You know, I don't know how I'm going to come through that. I don't know how I'm going to deal with that. That's where you, you and I need to come around. That anything, whatever you're going through anything is possible with God that's what Mary's hesitations were but I'm a virgin I'm a teenager what people will think what people will say how people will treat me and that's what the angel's response was for as nothing is too impossible for God anything is possible with God do you believe that anything is possible with God I mean Mary heard the stories Mary heard about, you know, Abraham and Sarah, how they were a hundred years old and God gave them a child and that through that seed, all the families of the earth will be blessed. And it fully came to its culmination through Mary in her birth of her child, Jesus. I mean, this is what she remembers. I mean, she knows the story of Moses and how Moses led a people out of captivity, out of Egypt and crossed a sea the sea opened up and when they crossed and the army of Egypt was chasing them, the seas closed up. She knew those stories. She's heard about, you know, Joseph and Joseph's circumstances in his life and, you know, being falsely accused and put into prison and bringing called up out of prison and ultimately being second in charge to save his people. She knew about the story of Joshua. She heard about Joshua and, the, and, and leading the people around the walls of Jericho and walking around those walls of Jericho and shouting on the seventh day after the seventh time and the walls came tumbling down. She heard those stories. She knew that there's nothing too impossible with God. And she heard the story of David walking out in the valley against a Philistine giant where he was way overmatched. And he picked up five smooth stones and he put one of those stones in his sling and he fired that thing and landed it between the eyes of the giant and the giant went down. She knew those stories and she realized that she put her faith in a God who can do the impossible. Come on, do you believe that? That we serve a God that can do the impossible. That whatever God is doing, whatever God is wanting to do in your life, where you don't seem it, that it's possible for him to work out or to you know, make right or to fix, that God can do anything, anything. He gives her an example. He says, hey, I think it's in verse he talks about Elizabeth. He says, I think it's in verse, I don't remember, Gabe, yeah, verse 36. And behold, even your relative Elizabeth has also conceived a son in her old age. And she who was called barren is now in her six months. So he's like, you know how your you know, family member, your relative Elizabeth, you know how she was barren? Well, she now has a son. She's now six months pregnant Here's proof that God can do the impossible. This is what 
she understood, this is why she understood that, that God can do anything, is because she saw it in her own relative of what God did. This week, I was asked to go and um, speak at my home church, church I grew up in. Uh, it's in Waterford. I grew up in Waterford, went to Waterford schools, and um, went there, and uh, it was a Tuesday night. They call it the recovery gathering. It's, uh, it's for those who are you know, struggling with uh, you know, addiction, any kind of addiction. Uh, it's, a, it's a service. It was, it was a, a, a good, large service, probably, I don't know, three, 400 people there at it, and, uh, and I'm preached at it. I'm, I'm sharing. This was one of the points that I was sharing. I was talking about how God can do the impossible, how anything, nothing's too hard for God, you know, and God can change your circumstance. God can turn your life around. Whatever you're struggling with, God can do, intervene, but you got to let God and his presence intervene in your life in order for him to change you and to transform you into the person that he's always intended you to be. You know, I'm just preaching, preaching, preaching. I'm going on and on and on about how God can do the impossible. After I got done, there was this lady that was walking up to me with um, who I later discovered was her husband. And she walks up to me and she says, are you Chris Doak? I said, who's asking? <laughs> I said, yeah. She goes, I don't know if you remember me or not, but we went to high school together. She goes, I couldn't believe it when you, Chris Doak, got up on the stage and started preaching. Like she was like baffled. And I'm like, I know, isn't it crazy? And she, and she goes, she used my sermon again, for, with me. She goes, I guess everything is possible with God. <laughs> I said, I know. Man, if you would have known me 20, 25 years ago, man, you would have said the same thing. She couldn't believe it. I mean, I mean you know, she's just like, I, I, she's like, she was just like, just bewildered. Like I had to walk away from her because she was just like, <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Like it was just so baffling to her. Here's the point. The point is, is that God can change anyone. God can transform any circumstance. But it has to be somebody that goes, you know what, God, I'm just a bond slave. And let it be according to your word. Because, God, I know that with you, you can do anything, anything. Come on, do you believe that? God can do anything. God can transform your life. God can change you. That's what God wants to do. But you got to be like Mary that says, hey, God, okay. I don't know the circumstances. I don't know how the end result is going to be, but I'm just a bond slave for you. Here's the other thing that she understood. That any sacrifice to be in the center of God's will is no sacrifice at all. Any sacrifice to be in the center of God's will is no sacrifice sacrifice. It's the best place to be. Do you hear me? Whatever God is asking you to do, whatever God wants for your life, whatever God is telling you that you need to quit or you need to walk away from or you need to, you know, you know, 
not, not participate in anymore. Whatever that is, whatever sacrifice God is telling you to give up, any sacrifice, as long as it's in the center of God's will, is really no sacrifice at all. It is the best place to be. It is saying the what Mary said, I'm a bond slave. It's not my will, it's thy will. It's a sacrifice that I'm gonna have to deal with and people are not gonna believe my words. My parents might disown me. My, my fiance might walk out on me. And if he creates a stink, I could be stoned in the street. But I don't care. It is no sacrifice if this is God, if this is what you're doing. If God, if this is what you're wanting. If God, if this is what you're in, it's no sacrifice at all. It is, a, as a matter of fact, the best place for all of us to be at any sacrifice in the center of God's will is no sacrifice at all Mary's saying whatever the cost whatever the embarrassment whatever the humiliation whatever the rejection I just want to be in your will and I hope that every single person in this room packages that kind of peace that God offers to us and that we look like this when we say I'm a bond slave I'm a bond slave as long as I'm in the will of God as long as I'm in the plan of God I don't care what kind of rejection or embarrassment I feel. I don't care what people say about me as regard to my faith. I just want to package the peace, the gift of God because the peace of God is better than anything that this world can offer. According to Paul in Philippians chapter four, that there's a peace that God has to give that is indescribable. The peace is that surpasses all comprehension. That's the kind of peace that God wants to give to all of us. And that kind of peace will guard our hearts and will guard our minds in Christ Jesus. That's the peace that he's offering to all of us. It's a peace that people go, I don't understand why you're going through this. I don't get why you're having to deal with this. But I just don't, don't, what I don't understand really is the peace that you have while you're going through that. That is the kind of peace, that is the kind of package that God is looking for. It's saying, God, I'm a bond slave. I'm a servant of yours. According to your word, according to your will, that's where I'm going to be. Because any sacrifice where I'm in the center of your will is really no sacrifice at all. None at all. And God, whatever you want to do in and through me, I know it's possible. Because nothing is too impossible with God. Nothing is too impossible with God. Father, we um, thank you for your love. We thank you for your peace that you give to all of us. A peace that maybe doesn't guard our careers or our school or our peers or our coworkers or our boss. It doesn't guard against difficulties. It doesn't guard against struggles. Those are still going to come our way. Trouble is still going to come our way, but it's just knowing that we can have peace in it, peace through it. That's what you offer to all of us. We first thank you for the peace that you've given to us through your son Jesus with a holy God. 
that you've built that bridge for us to go to a God that is holy, even though we're sinful. We thank you for that bridge that he's made for us to have, that we can have peace with you. God, we look forward to the day that there'll be complete peace and harmony in this world and on this earth when you come again. But until then, just being in your presence and surrendering our will to yours is the best place to be. To say to you that we are a bond slave. We are a servant for your kingdom. We're a servant for your plan and your agenda and your will. And whatever you want to do with our life, it is really no sacrifice at all. God, we're just believing in you. And we trust you completely. And God, we thank you for when we do that, you overwhelm us with a peace that surpasses all comprehension. We thank you for that. I pray, Lord, that this, this week, that we will, as a reminder of that, recognize the gifts around us of the things that give us peace, that we'll see the things that you offer us, this common grace that you give to every person, whether they're a believer or not a believer, and recognize those things as a picture, as a representation of you and the peace that you give to us. I just pray, Lord, that we're always reminded of that. We thank you for your time of opening up your word. I pray, Lord, that it challenges hearts and lives. I pray this in Jesus' name.